Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and we are here at Listen Give. We are really rocking today and excited for you guys today. We are having Evan Brown, music producer from Evan Brown Online on the show. Amazing, brilliant young man who is in the music industry and just creating tracks that you would not believe. So I know that this is going to be a fun conversation for Jay, who has won awards as a producer, who has been a songwriter and so forth. So I know they're going to love talking. And then we have Christine Marie of Stories of Courageous Vulnerability. The book was released. She was on last week. And she's on with us this week to talk about People who have written stories from all over the world that can make a difference without Thanksgiving as we sit down to the table with our families and friends this week. Well, as we go right into this, we are going to start with a couple of things. So the way the show is going to go is from 3.10 to 3.30, we're going to have Evan Brown on talking about the state of the music industry. You know, and we have a set of questions for him that he'll answer and get into discussion about. We'll talk with Christina Marie about the book and where we're going with the book and, you know, all the things relating to that. And then at the end, we'll be talking about a few table topics as well and, you know, some of the projects that Listen and Give is having. We've been talking to you about a lot of things that Listen and Give is going to be involved in, and we, t- we could take a step back so we could take a step forward, so to speak. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Mr. Jay Logan. Mr. Logan, how are you today? I am doing great. I'm doing very well. Everything is on point today. I'm excited about our show, and um, we're having pretty good weather out here um, so far, so good. But uh, we we got some rain, uh, a couple of rainy days earlier this week, and so it's clearing up during Thanksgiving weekend here. Got it. Talk wow. Well, you you know it's um, you know it's been it's been interesting. You know we've been wanting to have um have some things come into play around the music industry. You know, we've been talking about Listen and Give. Part of what Listen and Give is about is sharing the music and the professional works of others, whether it's professionals and entrepreneurs and so forth. But music, give, music I'm sorry, Listen and Give was really created around listening to music and, and, and the creativity of artists and so forth in different areas of artistic endeavoring and giving back to their favorite cause of charity. And then we, can, after that, continued to move on beyond that and went into other things. Now, Jay, I see that you have a last bit piece of information here about the Copyright Act that has gone into effect, it seems. And so we want to definitely somehow include that in with um, our discussion with Evan today and what this means, okay? So we'll, we'll ask you to lead that conversation a little bit since I know that you are um, more aware of what's going on in that frame, and we can actually ask Evan some questions about that as well and his thoughts, okay? Is that okay with you, Okay. Guys? Yes, it is. All right. So, well, well, I think it's... <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry, sir? No, I said I'm very, I'm very good with that, and um, I'm ready to go. Where are you today? Yes. So one of the things that we're going to speak about today is um, the fact of what Hurricane Sandy, you know, what's transpired with Hurricane Sandy and the fact that parents and children and, you know, a lot of people have had to set their vacations back, you know, figure out what they're going to do with their kids during that time, 
This is parents, teachers, principals, and a lot, you know. So I wanted to, you know, find out. I know, Jay, that you had something you wanted to share around that yourself. Uh, yes, I did. Um, I was, the, what was going on is uh, mostly the teachers in your neck of the woods. <laughs> um, you guys have been through uh, severe storms and a lot of catastrophic uh, events. And so what it has done is it's taken the teachers and the parents out of their normal, I would say, vacation mode so they cannot go where they like to go because the school wants the kids to stay in school longer, which I agree with. You know, we lost some days. Hurricane Sandy has done a lot of damage, and kids weren't able to go to school and get their education, so it's very important that they stay in school. So we got that part straight. But what it has done is also taken away a lot of the vacation time and event time and family time from some of the kids who got, you know, relatives coming into town, uh, snow trips or skiing trips or summer trips, and the school wants to take, a school board wants to take some of those days away from uh, the parents or the teachers. So, yeah, I want to know, what do you think about that? You know, is it fair? Um, you, know, the, you know, one, because we're pressed for time, audience members, and two, because I really don't have anything to say. It's a hard choice in between. This is something that's Mother Nature. It's interfered with, you know, our everyday work schedules, our everyday school schedules, our everyday education schedules from preschool to college even my schedule. So I don't even really know where to go with that except that I know everyone is trying to do the best that's concerned for the parents, the children, and everyone involved. And this is one time I really don't have an opinion one way or the other because, quite frankly, if I was in that position, I don't know that I would necessarily know what to do myself. Okay. Well, you know, before we go on, Jay, I'm really excited. Like, I, Evan Brown is on, and I can't wait to bring him on. This is, for our audience members, this is an amazing young man. I met him right when my mother was sick. As all of you know, my mother passed away this week. And I met him, I feel, during a very gifted time because my mother was actually in the hospital at the time and I actually shared with my mother about this young man. He's a very prolific young man. I know that Jay will enjoy speaking with him. Uh, he's very grounded in his music, very grounded in school, you know, and very grounded in his outlook and approach to life you know, and very confident in his abilities, and he shared that with others. So without further ado, we are going to bring on Mr. Evan Brown. Hello, Evan. How are you? Hello. How's everything? Everything is good, young man. How are you doing out there? I'm good. I'm very good. Very good. Just working, you know, how it goes. Yes, I do. And we have Jay Logan, who's excited to talk with you because... He is also a producer who's worked with everyone from Whitney Houston, Vogue, and so forth. So, you know, Jay Logan, this is Evan Brown. Evan Brown, this is Jay Logan. Hello, Evan Brown. How are you doing? I'm good. How's everything? Great to have you on the show, man. I'm excited to be good. here. Good. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Well, definitely so. So, you know, Evan, as you know, we met during a time that um, was a very, very um, introspective time for me. As you know, my mom passed away. And we met during the time she was in the hospital, and I told her about you. And it's the funniest thing before she passed. She said, he sounds like an amazing young man that has an excellent, gifted uh, opportunity of life in front of him. And um, I had let her listen to some of your tracks before she left. And my mom loves music. And she said, he definitely has a future that's very bright in front of him. 
So, wow. you know, I, we've always, yeah, we've always kept in contact. So, you know, one of the things, Evan, I want to la- ask you, is, if it, is it okay if we go right into the questions with you and our audience right now? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Yes, so, you know, Evan, one of the things I want to know is I know you're a music producer and would love to know your thoughts on the state of the music industry today. Uh, so my outlook on the industry today, uh, it's really not that good being the fact that there's there's no there's no what I call it it's, it's like guidance. So everybody's, you know, running around trying to sound like this person, sound like that, but there there's really like no nobody has their own style, I would say. Okay. And is is there anything else that you think that's, you know, going on in the state of the music industry today that you think that fellow producers or artists need to know? Um, you know, just just master your craft, being the fact because you ha- you have your own style. What makes you you? You can't be the you can't be the Swiss Beats. You can't be all the Jalil or the Timberland or the Pharrell because that's their land. They have their own journey that sculpted them into that sound. I mean, you may like you know what they what they do and the sound that they have and their style and everything. That's great. That's 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 excellent. But a lot of people get in the mix of like, all right, well, if I can try to sound like a Pharrell or Timberland, then maybe I'll get on. You know, maybe you will, but why why do that when you can actually, you know, nurture something from the ground up that's your own particular style that is you, that that makes you you, and, you know, present it to the, to the people and, and see how they feel about it and go forth with that. But I feel like today it's, it's like everybody wants to just, you know, Right now, it's kind of dark. Everybody's in, like, a dark era right now. All the music is real, like, low. So everybody's just in a, in a gist and going with that. So right now, it's like the, the industry is kind of, like, it's kind of low. We need something that can liven it up. Like, the energy needs to be a little bit more higher. So within my music, you know, I try to bring that to the table. Okay. Jay, I know you had a question for Evan. Yes, uh, Evan, um, i like to know, how long have you been in this music business or this music game, as we say? How long have you been in the business? Um, professionally, I've started at the age of 16 when I got flown out to California uh, for the Grammy Foundation. But altogether, making music, I've been doing this since I was eight. Okay. And one of the things I'd like to also know is, what made you choose to become a producer? Um, Honestly... It wasn't something that I wanted to do. Um, it just happened. At first, I, I first got into this because I, I used to play piano, and I was trained classically, so I would just play piano, play piano. And then one day, I was just on the computer, and I uh, downloaded this software called Mixcraft. And um, it allowed you to actually, like, record your vocals and play, like, little melodies. So I started, you know, messing around with that, and then... I just started, like, trying to, trying to create songs that I heard on the radio. And um, then I got a little bit more interested into interested in, you know, the, the software and then actually how to do, like, to put the production together and record vocals. And then I was like, you know what, let, let me give it a shot and see see what happens. So um, I just went from there and then, you know, steadily growing within my craft. And now I'm here, so... So, um, Jay, I know you had one more question for him. Um, 
Yeah, I said, um, speaking of, um, I want to know what made you choose the piano, and what is your preference? Um, I mean, what made you choose the piano for your first in- instrument? And what is your preference for recording software packages that you use today? What, do you, what kind of software do you use today? Okay, uh, piano, it wasn't, like, again, it was this, my whole journey has been, it wasn't something I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. It was, it was something I was just, it was, it was like bred into me. Um, I didn't have, as a kid, I wanted every, I had the fantasy of like what every kid wanted to do, play basketball, you know, chill out, you know, do the school thing. But my mom instilled like playing piano in me. I didn't want to do it. If, if she's probably listening right now, she's probably laughing. But <laughs> I didn't, the piano wasn't my thing. I, I used to, it was times that, you know, I had to go to class and I would just leave the class and not go. But, um, it was kind of like, all right, we're going to put you in piano lessons. You're going to do it. That's it. I don't want to hear anything else. Um, and then after a while, you know, learning it, and I stuck with it and, you know, got interested in it. So I just I just did that. And, um, you know, I've been when I've been to school, you know, playing piano. I've done a whole bunch of production uh, using piano, everything. So that's my main instrument. I also play guitar, drums. And I'm learning how to play trumpet as, as well. Um, software, yep. when it comes to when it comes to software, I use majority of everything, but my main go-to software is Logic, Logic and Pro Tools. Being the fact that I can, you know, get into like these these softwares and like these VSTs and actually make my own sounds and make it all sound real big and and real crazy. So Logic and Pro Tools are, are my main things that I use. I wanted to ask you about so Logic a little bit. I, one, one, one more question I want to touch in, because a lot of Logic users are a, lot, a little frustrated that they haven't updated their software. Does this frustrate you, or are you cool with where Logic 9 is right now? Yeah, I'm the type of person, if it's not broke, just it doesn't need to be fixed. Like, so, so if I have, like, all my – I have, honestly, like, old stuff. I haven't even updated it yet, but I'm the type of person like, all right, if it's working and it's getting the job done and I can use it and it sounds good, all right, leave it alone for a while. Just let me do my thing. And then when the time comes when I got to do the updates and all that, fine, so be it. But if everything is good, just leave it. Don't touch it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, moving on from from that area, you know, I have a question for you, a, real, a, a question that that may actually get in the way of the rest of the questions by the time Jay and I get finished having this conversation with you. We want to know what kind of artists do you come across in the business because there's so many artists, you know, who don't realize what the business is and think they're going to make all this money. And what are the mistakes these artists are making when they come to you, actually? Kevin. A lot of mistakes the artists make when they come to me is they don't know exactly where they fit. I actually had a conversation with an artist um like two days ago and I said if you can if you can if you're an artist, when I come and ask you, all right, well what what makes you you or what is your genre and you can't answer that then there's a problem because every artist has a place where it fits, whether it's hip hop, um, soulful, Christian rap, what whatever it may be, you have your lane. And a lot of artists, they just, not saying you're an artist, you, you can do this, but back to the mastering your craft. You should be in one lane. If you're going to be a rap, hardcore, hip-hop rapper, all right, well, let's sit down, let's master that. 
master that craft. Tomorrow, I don't want to hear, oh, I'm a Christian rapper or something. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. So a lot of artists that with me, they come one day, they're like, oh, you know, I want to be a hardcore rapper. And then the next day, I'm like, then the next day, they're like, they're shooting me emails like, all right, well, can you send me like a, a crazy gospel or whatever kind of sounding? Because I want to do this. And I'm like, wait, but let's let's stay on track here because this is what we're gonna do. So a lot of artists, I would say, just need a little bit more guidance towards mastering their craft and um, you know, just stick to stick to what you do, stick to your craft. And, you know, inside of that, you know, um, inside of the mistakes that artists are making, I know that you and I met with Dewan. If you remember Dewan, I know we, you and I both love Dewan. And Dewan is, for all of our audience members who don't know Dewan, he is another producer that is connected with Jay and Evan. Um, he's from India, and he's located and resides in London. And so one of the questions I have for you is, as a producer, both you, actually for both you and Jay here, as a producer, both of you come across artists all the time who, you know, let's say they know what they want to do and everything, but then they have the ego trip or they don't have their manager in place or the different variables in place to have their career move to the next level. How does that impact you, Evan? And then, Jay, I'd love to know how that impacts you and kind of have a little dialogue between us on, you know, how that can get in the way. Uh, that's a big one because honestly, I don't like to work with a lot of arrogant artists. Being the fact that if we're in the studio and we're vibing and we're working, and your ego is in the way, then we're not gonna get the best work done. Because me personally, I know myself, I don't, I don't deal with that because we're here to get a job done and and get a product done. So if you're sitting here with it, with the ego and tripping all over yourself and all that, then we're definitely not gonna get any work done. So I would say first and foremost, but before you contact me or if we take it to the next level, make sure that, you know, you're on point and you're focused and leave all the ego stuff way behind because that definitely gets in the way of things. What about you, Jay? I, I definitely agree with Evan. Uh, you can't go in the studio with that mindset because basically nobody uh, better than anyone else. So when you go in the studio just to get creative, you got to come in with an even even mindset that we're both in here doing this together. Uh, put the egos and egos at the door. I don't care if you had 10 hit records, and I don't care if you had 20 hit records. That's just, I don't care what you did in the past, and we don't care. We're working on what we're doing right now. So there's no way you could go in the studio with a with a, an artist with that kind of mindset. Jail is just, just too hard enough just to come up with stuff, let alone dealing with somebody who has a big ego. Okay. Right. So, so I know you had a question for Evan as well. Yes, Evan. Um, I want to know like some of the mistakes that music labels and companies like Pandora are making these days. I'm sorry. Can you say that one more time? I want. I would like to know what are some of the mistakes that the music labels are making and companies such like Pandora are making these days. Um, honestly, I wouldn't say that there's any mistakes within Pandora or that the artists are trying to, you know, that making with that because it it opens a, another lane for us producers and artists to be heard. Um, you know, money, of course, because there's advertisement with that. You can get your, your place of music and, you know, get paid for that. Um, it, it, it ventures out into so many other lanes that, 
there's and there's no way I feel possible that you can make make a mistake with that. I mean, they have the apps. You can go from your your computer and all that. So it's just another way, another lane for you to be heard. So I wouldn't consider that to be a mistake, uh, Pandora or for the artist. Are you familiar with any of the uh, new bills that are being um, going through Congress where Pandora is wants to pay a smaller rate to producers and songwriters as like me and you, so we'll get paid less. Like they want to pay like eighty five percent less than what they're paying now. Do you think that do you agree with that them paying a lower rate than um than they have been? So the music industry kind of makes less money? Um, I really don't agree with that because I know my craft, I know my value, I know my work. So I know if I'm if I'm doing if I'm putting a product out to Pandora, I wouldn't want to you know it, it's kind of I feel like I'll, I'll I feel like I'll be like I'm getting slaved, paid less. Right. I'm being slaved to 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 project my work out to the world. So I really no I don't agree with that at all. If that answers your question, I really don't. And, and I don't either. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the, one of the things I want to ask you um, as well, you know, one of the things when we first were talking, you, myself, and Duan, I was telling Jay about this for a while, that I love the conversation we had. You remember we got kind of deep during that, that studio session where we started going into physics and, you know, colors and how music, when you start making beats, it plays into the aggression and mood right. and things like that. I want you to share a little bit about that, you know, what your ideology is on that, because a lot of people don't, a lot of students who are studying the craft that you and Jay study don't realize that there's a physics component, there's even, if you want to go as far as Hindi beliefs of chakras and colors and all that, mm-hmm. that's why I was really vibing mm-hmm. the conversation. Can you share a little bit about that with our audience? All right. Um, well, I, I'm definitely a, a, a believer in, uh, like, frequencies play a different toll and have a have a different effect on on people. Um, I can start off. I can say, you know, a piano, for instance, it has a, a whole bunch of different frequencies on the board. Uh, low frequencies, of course, you know, make you feel sad. Higher frequencies make you feel happy. Um, but the conversation we were having that day, girl, I remember uh, we were talking about all oh, the and we were saying all oh, how the music sounds so dark nowadays. And and everybody is just so glo- not gloomy and, and like a, like zombies. And I was saying, um, you know, because they're they're playing all these chords, like low frequency chords, and everything is so low and so muddy, and it, it's it's not it's not bright at all. It's not uplifting. So when you're playing these low notes and these low keys, of course, it 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 um it kind of like it triggers like a low kind of mood. Like you're you're upset. You're angry, you're depressed, and and all of that. So that that frequency is actually giving off that vibe. So when you're walking in the streets and you're listening to Rick Ross, so you're listening to Jay Z with these, you know, not saying that it's bad, but it's just it needs to be changed. But when you're walking in the streets and you're listening to this, you're you're sitting around you and your face is all twisted and groped up because you're listening to these low frequencies that you know they have in the music. And and um you know it plays a part it plays a part in your day if you're listening to the this this music all day long you know it plays a part in 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 your psyche and how you know you carry yourself and how you're walking in in the streets because you know it it 
it triggers that vibe within you. Um, like you said, with the chakras, every every level of chakra has its own frequency. Every color. I don't I don't want to get too much too deep into it, but um, just know that every sound of music, every piece of music, every instrument, everything that you hear has a frequency, and every frequency gives off a vibe, which a vibe is an energy. And um, you know, like that. I don't want to get into it too too much in depth with it because I know I know because we don't know how I w- exactly, and we don't know how far our our audience could deal. <laughs> so right, right. Um, <laughs> so you know, um, Jay asked you that. I want to know: Do you think artists should also go to college while embarking on a music career? Yes, I definitely, definitely, definitely. Yes, <laughs> I can't suggest that enough. Um, definitely go to school. If you're pursuing a music career, if you want to be a producer, the next number one producer, you want to be the number one rapper, definitely go to school. I say go to school, you know, to learn, to, uh, you know, to further your, your knowledge of things. It's not just about, oh, history. It's not about just math. You can actually use these things within your career. And also, you know, you know um, it also builds character. Like, it builds character when you go to school. And you get these accomplishments, and it makes you it makes you feel better about yourself. So I, I also I stress this a lot because me I'm from the Bronx. I'm from the hood. Um, you know I've been to school. I've got scholarships. I've you know been head of uh, audio departments and and all that. So with all that, I'm saying that because it it builds character. It makes you who you are, and and also you know you're knowledgeable. You know what's going on. So I. Can't stress going to school enough. Definitely go to school. Go to school. Jay, do you have another question for? Um, I know that you had one more question with regard to the copyright uh, information, and, and wanted to know Evan's thoughts about it. Uh, yes, uh, there's, there's, there's actually two questions. The first question is, uh, what? How important is live entertainment to the music industry, in your opinion? Live entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, very important. It is very, very, very important. I mean, you know, we do live concerts, we do live shows. Um, you know, we have uh, instrumentalists out there, trumpet players, bass players, uh, drummers. But also, you know, this is their career. So, within a whole, it plays a it plays a major part. You know, live instrumentation. We first started on live instrumentation. We didn't all we didn't always have MIDI, and we can just plug in, you know, a keyboard into your laptop and and have every single sound. So live instrumentation is definitely key, definitely key. And that's I feel is another uh, element that we're missing nowadays. That live feel. The other question was uh, in Canada they just passed a bill called the Copyright. Modernization Act Bill, and what it does is it's called the C11. Uh, it comes in today, and it, what it does it forces uh, for us to let our music be played on different devices like Vita PSPs or um, different iPods when we don't get the royalties from that, as long as they're not selling our product. So basically, they could download or take a piece of your music and um, mm-hmm. use it in collages, music collages, or mock-ups, or whatever, without, without us getting a piece of the copyright, or without, without us only getting a royalty rate. What do you think about uh, that? Um, I can say 
there's con there's pros and cons to that. Um, I'm not sure if it works for upcoming artists, but if it does, it's a pro on that end. Um, like I said previously, it's it's another lane for you to get heard, and you mm-hmm. know sometimes you have to you have to put you have to give away free product to to receive. So that's a pro on an upcoming artist and. Now, on the other side, for a person who's been in the industry for five years, one year, whoever, whatever amount of time, and they're 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 so used to making revenue off their money, I would say it's that that's not good on their end because you know, they're like I said before, they're putting in work, they're putting together a product. The product takes money to make, you know, time, energy. So for you to just give away their stuff without their consent, I think you said. Is, I don't think that's right at all. At that's all. a good answer. I, I, I like that answer, yeah. So in other words, it's a, it's a good part of it. It's a good part of it that people that's not exposed, they get to get out there for the first time and right. get their product heard. But then people that are established, right. it's kind of not cool because, hey, you know, I've been here for a long time and I do want to get paid. Right. So I love your answer. Right. I love your answer. Right. And in closing, um, I know that you're just for time, um, Evan. Uh, I just want to ask you, to share out there with people who want to get into the business, what does a producer need to know going into this business? And I'd also like, if you don't mind, to share with people who you work with right now, which is, uh, like, amazing. Um, for producers who are trying to get um, into the game and, you know, trying to further themselves, I'll first say, if you if you don't play an instrument, try to play one Play piano, play trumpet, play drums, play something. Because once you learn how to play an instrument, that gives you a foundation. Not a lot of producers know how to play. So if if you can actually pick up an instrument and know how to play it thoroughly, that's a plus on your end. Um, I'll also say master your craft. A lot of producers say, I know, I do hip-hop, I do pop, I do gospel, I do this, I do that, I'm a talk show host, I do that. I'm like, all right, there's no way possible that you're mastering all these things at once, especially if you're just starting. I don't, I don't care who you are. There's no way possible. So just set your mind on something that you want to do, a genre. Master that first. Master, do, put yourself in a position where you can master that. Do it and then move on to the next the next one. Don't just overwhelm yourself with so much because it just doesn't work like that. It's a step process. Um, and I'll also say, you know, network, of course. Network is key. Uh, don't be afraid to throw yourself out there, even if you're just starting, you know. Just get your music heard. Let people hear it. Um, that's that's basically that's basically it. But definitely pick up an instrument. Definitely. I would, can't stress that enough. Can't stress that enough. Um, and then, the, and then if you would, I, I just wanted to introduce with, right? this part, just so if, if that's okay with you now. Um, I want to share with everyone that um, Evan has stressed for time, but one of the things I wanted you all to know is that Evan has done such a good job of really honing his craft every night. He's on, he's in the studio, he's going to school and doing what he has to do. And this, mm-hmm. what he's about to share with you did not come easy for him. So don't think that you can just get in the game and go straight into this direction. But, Evan, would you let them know what your hard work has garnered you and who you work with now? Um, first, when I first started on um, production, 
this it was a blessing. I don't honestly to this day it just it amazes me. I first started I started working with the Grammy Foundation, like I said, networking. I sent out some tracks. Um, I met up with a person who got me into that, the Grammy Foundation. I worked with Bad Boy Records, Sean Combs, um, doing engineering, interning over there. Uh, recently, uh, trying to get in the loop with Ryan Leslie. I'm speaking to his people. I don't want to really get into too much. Um, working on a track for Mama Jones. Uh, she's ha- she has a show, the, the woman from uh, Love and Hip Hop. So that's in the works, doing the deal with Viacom. Um, it's, it's so much. I don't I don't really like to, to talk well, about yeah, well, you don't have to get, you, don't have to get <laughs> you don't have to get to every day, but I'm saying who, you, who your regular employer is. That's what I'd like you to share. Oh, um, Bad Boy. Yeah. So I just wanted to let everyone know that he does work with Bad Boy, but it's not about putting it out there. It's just, you know, as we say, Evan, we want people to know that they can work hard and they can achieve what you're achieving, but don't think that you can just get in the industry and go straight in. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Like, I like I, uh, uh, did, the bad, did the bad boy thing. Right now I'm working in a, a school in Harlem uh, at the community center, Johnson Community Theater on Lexington, actually teaching kids ages 5 to 12 how to read um, and play music, piano, Um you know, it's a it's a lot. It's a journey, man. It's really it's really a journey. But um, need need to say like, once you put yourself in a position where you can learn and progress, and you just stay open minded, like the the you can go as far as as you really want to go. Like there's no stopping you. So my thing is, I try to get I try to make people realize that. So a lot of my stuff you see it is positive and putting pictures up and, and talking this way and talking to this person because I'm trying to, I can't stress it enough that once you pick up something, say if you want to be a dancer, you can be a dancer. You can be a professional dancer. If you want to be a doctor, you can be a doctor. I can't, we live in America where this is a place where you can have a five-year plan and within five years you can manifest that five-year plan, if you stick to it and you stick, you, you know, stick and stay at your craft and master your craft, like, this is the only place where you can actually do that. So I I, I can't stress enough that if you, whatever you want to do, you can definitely achieve it as long as you stay focused. My people around my age, I'm, I'm 20, 24, so a lot of people, you know, who I'm around don't have a mindset of, you know, I can do this, I can go out there and I can accomplish this. You know, so I, I, I always try to be that person, that figure, that mentor that shows people like, all right, you can do this as long as you have a plan, as long as you focus. Of course, you have, you have to have God on your side. God is definitely a major part and, you know, the support as well. I can't stress it enough, but I hope that... I'm actually helping, and, you know, people are actually seeing that, you know, things are possible from within my journey. So. Well, thank you so much, Evan, um, for being on. And, Evan, would you come back, you know, sometime in the future and, and be a, on our show? We do a lot with youth as well as adults, and we'd love to have you back on again. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Great. And you know, I, you know I'm proud of you. So, um, And I know Jay definitely wants to have more time with you. So thank you so much. (laughs) So I thank you so much. 
And thank you for being the kind of young man you are that's extending yourself to youth and extending yourself out there to be a role model. And, and, and the other thing I want to say to you that I want to uh, acknowledge you for is that you are aware that you are a role model. And you take that right. and you're responsible for that. And I thank your mother, too, because I've seen your mom on Facebook as well. So with that said, <laughs> have a, a wonderful holiday, Evan, and we look mm-hmm. forward to uh, seeing you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. And God bless you both. Thank you so much. Take care, Evan. All right. All right. Well, Jenny, would you introduce our next guest who's waiting? And we're sorry to our guest. We had her waiting for a few seconds. I sure will. Uh, we have Christina back on our show again, and we're just happy to have her back again. And have her back again, and I just want to know, is she, is she on the phone right this second? Well, we're going to bring her right on in. That's my fault, Jay. Let's bring her right on in. Okay. Hello, Christina Marie. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Jay. Hello, Gail. How Hello. are you? I'm doing well. Hey, Christina, thanks for coming back on the show, and... I will, I will, I'm great that you're here, and I'm very excited. And I'd like you to, like to speak with us about the book. That's basically what I want to know about. Okay, well, great. I'm excited to be here, too. And also, Christina, if you wouldn't mind sharing uh, a little bit, you know, about yourself for the audience members that were not with us last week, you know, and, uh, and definitely about the book again, but we definitely want to know a little bit about yourself as well. Okay, um, I'm Christina Marie. I live outside of Philadelphia. I'm a massage therapist, and I'm a published author, and um, I publicated some community magazines. So I'm a little bit of an entrepreneur with a bunch of different things. Yeah. Okay. And would you share with us about the book? Um, the book is called Stories of Courageous Vulnerability, and it has 38 different authors in it who all wrote their personal stories. Um, and these authors are from around the world. And um, we're very excited about it because the book is now out and people can purchase it now. And we're really excited because a portion of the proceeds are going to go to two charities that um, two of our team leaders really love. So that's about it. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things I'd like to know in this time of Thanksgiving, you know, what do you think the book Stories of Courageous Vulnerability provides for families as an opportunity at the dinner table? You know, that's a great question. And I was, uh, I was I'm thinking about today and being on the radio and it's the day before Thanksgiving and I was I was I wanted to read you a very small excerpt from a, from one of the stories. Because it kind of okay. it kind of says what it is. Okay, it says this is one of those times I had heard about where a big secret is revealed, only to find out it was not a secret at all. I can now look back at that and the conversation and laugh. How absurd! I was walking around with my resentments, thinking that I was cleverly hiding them, only to find out they were tattooed on my forehead. So that's just like a little bit from one story, and there's 38, and this is this is a really beautiful story. It's called What I Want to Remember About Tomorrow. And it just, I mean, from from a, the appreciation, this particular story is um, a, a gentleman's relationship with his parents and really being courageously vulnerable enough to share with them that he had been holding these resentments against them. And they, 
you know, their response is, yeah, we thought so. So it was one of those things where there was such a beautiful healing, and now this these, this family can be with each other on Thanksgiving in a very free and open way. So, I mean, these stories, they all have this element of just this beautiful way of being that you can truly be with people in a free way, and your conversations can take on a tone that's really nice and you can um, be present to other people. I mean, I don't know exactly. The book just came out, so I don't know what the conversations could be, but... I have a feeling that if you read this book, just that's just like a little paragraph, and it's 113 pages long. I mean, it's just beautiful. So that just is a little teeny bit of what's possible, you know, really just coming clean and realizing, you know, you're not really hiding anything anyway, which I think is fantastic. You know, I think that's really great, too, because, you know, Jay, I'm sure, sure too, when you're sitting at the Thanksgiving table, and we all love each other as family, but we often find that, oh, here comes the aunt that I didn't like, or, oh, you know, oh, here comes that cousin, oh, my goodness, and you think you're holding it in, but it plays out in our actions indirectly, and, and people know it. They know if we like them or not, you know, so it really does come out, you know. And there's ways to heal that and still have a great time and love that person for who they are, you know. Uh, One of the other yeah, questions, absolutely. The other question I have for you is the global aspect of the authors. What do you think this offers to its readers in terms of perspective on life experiences? Well, I think it really speaks very loudly to the fact that we are truly all in this together and our our lives and our problems and our beauty and our triumphs, they're, it's very universal. I mean, people are just people, and that's, I think, the foundation that it doesn't matter if you're reading a story from South Africa or from Hawaii or California. I mean, you really can connect with these people because it's very authentic, and, you know, we're just all people. It just really, I think it speaks to that. I have a good, quick question for you also. Um, with the nonprofit organizations, what do you want the people who are served by these organizations to get from the book? I'm sorry, Jay. I, I must have been in a bad zone. I didn't hear that. Okay. Uh, with the nonprofit organizations, what do you want the people who are served by these organizations to get from this book? Uh, you're talking about the two charities that we're, we've chosen to bring the proceeds to what I want yes. them to get out of it. Well, uh-huh. I want the home, the homeless children to not feel homeless. Um, that's the Covenant House. That's one of them. Um, you know, to really give back. And because the Covenant House supports these kids with not being homeless, they give them shelter, food, medical care, and they help them find their own path so they're not hopeless, which I think is beautiful. And then in India, the VP Youth Trust, I think is really beautiful because they, the the founder of the organization, Dinesh Shah, he kind of goes with whatever is needed in the community, which is really beautiful because whatever it is, if we can help contribute to whatever is needed, I mean, that's just, I I think that's just really important. and, um, and And I would love to see this book be able to manifest these, these powerful resources for these two great organizations. That's so wonderful. Um, Christina, would you mind sharing one of your favorite stories of the book with the audience? 
Um, you know what? I, it's like almost unfair to say that because I'm so in love with all of the stories. Um, I think the cutest story is called Courage Unleashed Unexpectedly. And I say it's the cutest story because it's about these dogs and this big dog and this little dog and how this person came in and saved this little dog's life. And it was, it's just a really beautiful, and it's, um, it's got more of a light tone to it, but it actually changed this gentleman's life. So, and it all happened very um, organically. You know, some of the transformations and stories in the book, people are actually seeking change in their life and other stories changes seeking them. So it's, it's a great mix and blend, um, but you just never know what can change your life. So they're all really good. And, of course, my story's in there. I love my story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I love I love all the stories. I love the, um, you know, it's in three different sections. So it's detailed stories, which have a lot more detail to, to really draw the reader into the person's story. And then there's vivid shares. There's a section for that. And these are, like, the authors were awesome in, it's, like, less words but the power is still there. So those are really beautiful. And then the creative stories, which is more poems, and then um, our authors creating creative style in their writing. Um, and Gail has graciously given us her story, and I love her story too because it's very universal and beautiful. And I want to acknowledge you, Gail, and appreciate your story. Mm-hmm. Because it's really great. <laughs> Jay didn't know. <laughs> oh, it's a surprise for Jay. Yes, Christina, for Thanksgiving, um, what do you want families to know out there uh, who are struggling, you know, to connect with one another? Um, what do you want them to know? Well, you know, about, you know what do you want them to get? Because the holidays do tend to bring up a lot of anxiety and sometimes depression and sadness for people. And I think that if there was one thing I'd want people to know about on Thanksgiving or be present to is, I mean, really just focusing on the love in your life and the good Mm -hmm. that has happened to you, really. I mean, and the people and the people and what they've given you. Because it's real easy to get caught up in, um, you know, what we don't like, what we think you know, we need that we're not getting. And it almost, I mean, just sifting your perception and just maybe sharing something beautiful. I mean, you know, the person that you may be holding a resentment, share something about them that you really like, and you might be surprised something may open up. Wow. That's, you know, yeah, I think that's awesome because sometimes, I know a lot of times in families, Jay and Christina, we often have people, I mean, you know, since my mother has passed, of course, you go through the family, the different family levels of the grieving. And you yeah. often find, like you say, you think secrets are coming out and they're not. <laughs> and Or they think they're secrets, but they're always there. And people hold resentments, especially when someone passes, someone has a child, someone, you know, anything. Which With times that should be good times or times to reflect on good times, there are so much resentment held there that you can't get past that. Or then, you know, we have the other thing, Christina and Jay, where the person always feels, or persons always feel that they're the first one always to give in or the first one always to make the first move. And, yes, it does take something to then say, should I be the one to make the first move, 
or allow that person to see it for themselves and make the move on their own to generate a relatedness with you and just let go of that stuff there because the only thing between two people really communicating is the stuff that they have with each other about one another, you know. Um, and, Christina, one of the last things Jay and I both wanted to thank you for and just let our audience know is, you know, the opportunity it was for Listen Gift to partner up with you and Ross and all the authors of the book, you know, to share what, you know, the endeavors about children, you know, and our project for children, which is the Never Alone campaign that will be coming out soon. And, you know, what's going to be possible, you know, moving forward, you know, with the book and, and with our partnership and other partnerships that you have with nonprofits and others that you will form with other people. But I think my question overall is, what is your vision? What do you personally want to see, Christina, happen, you know, out of such a beautiful, a beautiful contribution to the world. And I don't mean that as airy-fairy to our audience, but I mean as a beautiful contribution that people from all over the world took their time, because it's not just writing about something, but people opened themselves up privately to share what was going on in their life, and it allowed them to heal, and it's going to allow others. What do you want to see based on everything that's involved, giving to the nonprofits, giving to people to share with their families and, and grow within themselves? What is your vision and, and what you want to see for each and every person? Well, I, I want to see every person get their happiness however they can. And I, I, I think from the standpoint of what I, what I see for this book, I mean, I, my vision really is seeing this woman or this gentleman in South Africa or somewhere, maybe even the book gets to China, and they're reading the stories, and they have they have an aha moment, or they have a, a breakthrough, or they're so deeply moved in touch that they call their mother or their brother or someone that they're they're not speaking to, and their world expands. And I mean, to really just be open to the possibility of expanding your life and or healing whatever it is that needs to be healed. And I and I share this from my personal experience because. My story, I actually got this incredible healing that I didn't even know I needed. And and from that, I mean, I would like to say, I'm not, I think, you know, people, I don't think people are walking around wounded all the time, but I think we, we carry stuff that we're not even realizing we're carrying. And I think this, if it could just help people be happier, I, 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 that's my ultimate vision, quite frankly. You know, I mean, the suffering of, with the, charities, the homeless children. If children aren't homeless, that makes me feel better. So my vision is as big as the stars, like everybody on the planet just being a little more in love with each other. You know, it doesn't I have to really, be extreme. I can really get that. And, you know, Jay and Christina, and I, Jay, I'm sure you and Christina have come up across this too. I think another way in which the book, you know, and you and Jay tell me if I'm wrong here, but Another way in which the book, just for more practical purposes, there's always someone at the job. If you're working in corporate America, there's someone at the job who just wants to get ahead and just willing to do anything they can to get ahead. And the whole office may look at this person as, oh, they'll do anything to get ahead. But what's really driving them underneath and the driving them and the determination, Jay and Christina, could be that something as small as they did not, they don't even know it's there. But they don't feel, you know, like they saw someone in their family not make it, okay? 
so in their own opinion, they saw someone not make it far enough or not have enough money, and that, that destroyed their life. So they've made a decision somewhere along their life, well, you know what, I'm going to make it, and I'm, I'm not going to let anything get in my way because they let something get in their way. And through reading this book, it might be an opportunity. They can see that that's what driving them is doing and not, Jay, them just being themselves. But like even in the music industry, just talking with Evan. They're not allowing themselves, you know, like Evan said, that an artist should be an artist and not try to follow someone else. Well, maybe one of those mm-hmm. things they can learn from even a book like this is to have the courage to be who they are and not let their summer of life experiences drive something that's a part of them, an ego or something like that. It's something, it can be something as small like that that can make the profoundest difference in how someone sees their own life. What, what do you think, Christina? I'm just listening to you, and I'm like, right on, gal, because that's what I'm thinking. That's perfect, beautiful, <laughs> eloquent. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, I don't think there's anything else to say because you said it so beautifully. And, I mean, Jay, what, what is your thoughts on it? Well, I think it's great that um, you can put away those egos, like I said earlier, and see the world for what it is. It's great that we have this piece of literature out there that people can read this book, get inspired from it, and use it for the goodness of humanity. That's basically what I say. I think it's a great thing. You know, I just think what you said is absolutely on point. So I agree with you, Gail. Well, you know, with that said, you know, Christina, we want to, if you could just tell people where they can go to find the book. And we're going to close out, you know, because it's Thanksgiving and we want to wish everybody a wonderful Thanksgiving. But can you tell people where to like your page and um, where they can go to find the book? Yes, they can purchase the book on our website. We have a link that says buy the book on every page on our website. And our website is www.storiesofcourageousvulnerability.com. And then where can they like your Facebook page at? Um, They can like our Facebook page. It's Stories of Courageous Vulnerability, the book. Okay. And one of the things before we close out that we want to say, you know, Jay and I want to wish everyone uh, a very warm and, and happy Thanksgiving. And just make sure when you're sitting down with your family, make it about having a good time and laughter. I have to remember that for myself as well. And having a space of gratitude, you know, just a space of gratitude, finding the love and joy. You know, when you're in a space of gratitude, it's hard to go back into anger. There's going to be things that need to be dealt with, but they don't have to be dealt with then and there. They can be dealt with at a later time. In fact, through Thanksgiving, you can find a way to come to an understanding or just a way to further enjoy your family and see things or learn new things about each other you didn't even know existed. So with that said, we want to thank Evan Brown and Christina for being on the show. If you want to find out more about Evan Brown, it's evanbrownonline.com. Again, that's evanbrownonline.com. And through his website, you'll be able to go onto his Facebook page, YouTube page, and everything. Evan, thank you for being on the show. Christina, thank you for being on the show. And uh, Jay, do you have any last words for us? The, the last one I would say, remember, it's Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving. So basically, we're supposed to give thanks on this day and appreciate everything that's been given to you. And those are my final words. All right. And Christina, do you have any last words for our audience? Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. (laughs) 
Okay, everyone, have a great day. Jay, thanks as usual. And Evan, have a good Thanksgiving out there. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. That music is I Want Your Number by Patton Leather. Again, that's I Want Your Number by Patton Leather. So we're going to take it right on out.